Don't call it a comb back. I'll have hair for years. Wake up in the morning feeling like P. Diddy. Hey, what up, Grab girl? my glasses. I'm out the door. I'm gonna hit this city. Let's Before go. I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack. Cause when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. I'm talking. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. They took it away. Now, Ed, are, we just did a great segment that was so great. That Jared sitting in the studio, instead of listening to us, retweeted a tweet that says, seriously, a monkey could bartend. This is the Press Box. The last two days on our opening segments, there's two segments we have for the best of. Now, you're probably going to have to play them on a loop because there's not a lot of best stuff on the show. But we got to pay attention during these times. With Grady and Bischoff. Coming up next, we find out if monkeys can bartend. On ESPN Las Vegas. Sometimes I think like I've talking i've like breathed in helium like what, you know when you breathe listening in listening to yourself back? yeah it's oh yeah it's you weird you've gotten used to your own voice uh, not in listening sometimes i listen like did i like suck blame, helium or blame something that like one that? on clean feed that was when we were at that was clean feed yeah our laptops clean feed thank god <laughs> jesus i did that all the time what the hell i'm doing on radio you're ESPN on 11. radio self-conscious <laughs> about your voice yes. that's not good ed <laughs> it's a horrible horrible fact <laughs> like it's terrible Face for the radio, voice for nothing. ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM. It's Ed, Ed, uh, Tyler, and Jared. Big game in town tonight. Game five. Let's go. The first bite. (laughs) Who is starting in net for the Golden Knights? Someone should ask Pete DeBoer. I I bet he'll tell us. Yeah. Maybe it's the guy on the horizon and nobody knows. Maybe that guy's (laughs) starting in net. Uh, I don't know. I start, I mean... I, look, I, I don't know what you think. I think the easy answer is Robin Leonard because he actually beat them, and you would choose him, you know, the and Fleury, who's lost to them twice in the series, over him. I think just, I don't know how much, you know, mentality goes into it in terms of psyching, you know, psychologically against Montreal. They didn't beat Leonard. They've beaten Fleury twice, but I, I've given up on trying to guess. I have, if you're telling me we start getting the 70,000 texts uh, from the morning skate that Fleury's the laugh off the ice. Like, I don't even think I'd be surprised. I mean, I would start Leonard, but I i mean, are you really sure either way with Pete DeBoer and what he might do? I don't know. No, the fascinating part with Pete DeBoer, and he's done this multiple times. I mean, what, he's been the coach of this team for, are we at 18 months, yeah. basically? Like, the fascinating part about Pete DeBoer, and he did it last postseason, he's done it this postseason, he doesn't make lineup changes or goalie decisions, like, based on the easy path based on, Hey, this will bring the least amount of criticism. Hey, this is what most people expect us to do. He just, for whatever reason, he thought Robin Leonard gave them the best chance to win game four. So he started Robin Leonard and he did the same thing when he started Leonard in game one against Colorado. That one didn't work out, but he did it last year when he started Leonard in the majority of their playoff games, but gave flurry a couple in the back-to-back scenarios and but he's done it with outside of goalies, right? When it comes to like, oh, they win a game in the playoffs, and all of a sudden, like Ryan Reeves is out of the lineup. Why? Oh, because he doesn't think Ryan Reeves gives him the best chance to win the next game. So, like that is as far as like how you want your coach to operate. That's how you want your coach. Yeah, to I don't have like I don't have a problem yeah. with any of that. I mean, he's there to to win games, so I'm glad he doesn't say if I do this, like what's the reaction going to yeah. be? He shouldn't do that. And so. Like it, it makes it very hard to figure out what he's going to do because it's hard to figure out what his motivations are. Because after game four, when sort of asked to, hey, can you explain your decision? Why'd you start Robin Leonard? And the number one thing he went to was, well, 
17 games in 34 days. And Marc-Andre Fleury is, you know, he's not 26, he's 36. And like goes, goes into this like rest for Marc-Andre Fleury because he's played so many games. They played so many important games in the last month or so. And I guess that's a legitimate reason to do it. Um, now, I will say this. If Robin Leonard starts tonight, Pete DeBoer might have been lying about Flurry getting rest. Yeah, because when he was making his comments after the game and he was saying that my only uh, responsibilities are the guys in the room, which I, I'm totally for. That's what his only responsibility should be. It shouldn't be what you or I or any fan thinks. I, we have nothing to do with this. Um, he also threw in there, though, that Flurry has been really, really good. Now, he said a couple days of rest. I don't really know. That could mean three. That could mean two. I don't know what that means to him. But if that's true and he thinks he only needs a couple days of rest – that's why I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to him. Uh, if he doesn't go back to him, again, we talked about this yesterday. So much goes into this. Is it that he just thinks, God, Leonard just was great against him. I'll put him back out there. Is it because, like you said, there's more than something being tired? Maybe those two kind of mistakes he made in back-to-back games, we don't we don't know because he'll never say. But, yeah, I think if he starts Leonard tonight, um, he can easily say he's starting Leonard tonight. The, the, the explanation can be easily be he played great. I mean, that's and everybody like, all right, he played great. That's why you should start him. But if he starts Leonard, I think there's also going to be the questions like, okay, did you really sit Flurry because he's tired because he's had his two days, he's yeah. had his rest. So what I'm what I'm curious is is the sample size that Pete DeBoer uses to make the decision tonight. Because if you look like if you take the like the biggest picture you can take, right? Like let's say the last three years, Robin Leonard's been better than Marc Andre Fleury, but he's probably not making his goalie decision based on the last three years of data. If you take just this entire season, Fleury's been better than Leonard. He's but played a ton more, yeah. I don't even know that he's taking this entire season to make this decision. Might be taking this series. Yeah, if you just take the playoff run. Flurry's been very good. Leonard's only played two games. Yeah. One was a disaster. One was great. But Flurry's been very good over the course of the entire playoffs. But if you just take this series, Leonard's been better than Flurry, even if Leonard's only played one game. I mean, Leonard. It's so like goal saved above average. Leonard was at one point six eight after game four. Flurry's at point five seven through the first three games. So it like I'm curious what sample size is Pete DeBoer pulling from to say this guy gives us the best chance to win? Because if it's just this series. It's Robin Leonard. If it's the playoffs in full or the regular season and playoffs in full, it's Marc-Andre Fleury. If it's, hey, you know, the big picture, it probably goes back to Robin Leonard because Leonard's been better over the course of the last three, four, five seasons in the NHL. I just, again, we haven't gotten a good read on what Pete DeBoer actually uses to make these decisions. I would guess, knowing nothing, that it's more this series. Because when you say... When you say my only responsibility is what gives us the best chance to win the next game, that doesn't that's not perceived as he's thinking about the entire place. He's thinking about game five tonight yeah. in Las Vegas. We need to win game five, he probably thinks. You don't want to go back down three two back there. You're then you're really taking a chance. So who gives us the best chance tonight and tonight only? That's just what I read through the lines if we're trying to read through the lines of what he says about giving you the best chance to win the next game. So if that's the case. Like I said, flip a coin. I, I I won't be surprised at anything when we saw who you know the the, the famous the tweets uh, about who's last or who's first off the ice. I, like if it's Leonard, I won't be surprised. If it's Flurry, I won't be surprised. Um, I'll Logan be su- Tom- I'll be surprised if it's Oscar Danks. So just a little though, because he might for some reason have a lot of rest and be good. Um, is he still on the team? <laughs> is he on I the taxi know. squad <laughs> or is it Logan Thompson? Um, so I I don't know. I I'll tell you this. I only know this. 
whoever he chooses, if that guy loses or stinks, <laughs> then Pete DeBoer is going to get roasted. I, that's all I know. If now if the guy wins, Pete, what a great decision! But that's every fan base. Like I, yeah, I wrote about the officials for the paper this morning. I get the first, the first, the first email is from a Habs fan. No, 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 hockey, we're getting screwed. Oh, what a shock. I mean, you're from Montreal. <laughs> your email's from Montreal. Your address is from Montreal, and you think you're getting screwed by the officials. So it'll be – we know what's going to happen if the guy loses, and we'll know what happens if the guy wins. And, and that's fine. They're fans. That's how they should react. But I can't tell you who I think is going to start. Yeah. I mean, I would start Leonard. I have nothing – I, I would start Leonard because of what just happened, and they've already beaten Flurry twice, and I just think that that goes into maybe you put a little doubt in their minds, maybe not a lot – but a little doubt in their minds. I would start Leonard. I have no idea who he's going to start. So the good thing for the Golden Knights and for Pete DeBoer, and Pete DeBoer has said this since they acquired Robin Leonard, that it's a luxury to have these two goalies. And like we've made fun of that a little bit because there, there is a goalie controversy. I mean, it is game five of the yes. semifinals. And you still don't know who's going to start. And we don't know who's right. starting. Like that is a goalie controversy. Yes. But the good news is that Pete DeBoer is choosing between two good goaltenders and not two bad goaltenders if you go back the year the Sharks beat the Golden Knights in the playoffs in that first round series Pete DeBoer had a goalie controversy between Martin Jones and Aaron Dell the problem for Pete DeBoer in San Jose is that Martin Dell or Martin Jones and Aaron Dell were both bad that season both of them were under 900 save percentage and both were they were negative 23 and negative 15 goal saved above average he had two awful goalies so his goalie controversy was both of these guys suck. Who's going to suck the least? It's the exact opposite. Both Leonard and Flurry are good goaltenders, right? Both of like you would have no like no issue any team in the playoffs if they said, "Hey, that guy's your starter. You need to try to win the Stanley Cup." The majority outside of like Andre Vasilevsky and and maybe Carey Price right now because he's suddenly playing well. Almost every team in hockey, be yeah, that's fine. We'll we'll be fine with one of those two guys. So he's choosing between two good goalies, which is a good thing. And almost to an extent, like he can't really make the wrong decision. I mean, he can, obviously, if you play flurry and he kicks one into his own net again, obviously that was the wrong choice, but he can't really make a bad decision because again, he's choosing between two very good goalies. No, it won't be. I don't think it'll be a case where you find out this morning who's starting. And especially after Leonard played well the other night, we will not see unquestionably. We will not see kind of the, bitterness or anger on Twitter or whatever. I, I think no matter who is comes out as a starter this morning, people will be fine with. Yeah. And because they'll be on both sides saying, hey, either Leonard was great or oh my God, it's Mark Andre Fleury, you know. The only bitterness would be if he picks Leonard and people see it as, oh, you're disrespecting Fleury again after last year. Yeah. I don't think people will view it as, oh no, we're gonna lose because Leonard's in net. I think it'll be why are you disrespecting Fleury? But that's because... only Alan Walsh. Yeah, I was about to say <laughs> Alan Walsh hasn't blocked you, Alan. Is, right? is Alan Walsh no, he I, he's not he has not blocked me yet. But uh did you see the guy in Canada who tweeted that the Canadians were going to ban Alan Walsh from Game Four? No, it was a no. joke. He tweeted later that it was oh, a that's joke. right, that's right. It was, I, yeah, I, I did see that. I did see that. Man, if the Canadians are like, oh God, they're that. starting Leonard. Don't let that guy well, in the building. <laughs> I saw an Alan Walsh photo that was his tweet. It wasn't retweeted or anything. That appeared to be Game One or Two. He was in the building in T-Mobile, or at least it looked like he was because it was a picture, and he was only like. 
I don't know, four rows up. I'm like, man, DeBoer didn't give him those tickets. <laughs> I'm like, this guy should be at the top of the freaking arena up on the uh, concourse, not being able to see anything. Instead, he had really, really good tickets. I assume they were Flurry's or Patch Reddy's tickets. But if DeBoer knew that, he'd be like, get that guy upstairs. Okay. Kick that guy up. Was he behind the benches for uh, us up? Or? No, he oh. was angling. He was about, uh, I want to say, a section over for one of the goals. So he, you know, they were good seats. You. Okay. They were good seats. They're like, you know, he looked like. And now, what I wanted to be is Alan Walsh was up at top, but snuck down before the game <laughs> like the kids do and for pucks. And like he was probably like yelling, give me a puck, give me a puck. And instead, he just snapped a pitcher because I. it was not like during the game, it was like during warm ups. So hopefully he just snuck down, yeah. and DeBoer had demanded he up be at the top of the arena. Alan Walsh is definitely a. Do you know who I am? Oh yeah, and nobody does because he's an NHL hockey he's agent. hockey agent. Nobody would know who he was. <laughs> well, it's sort of like like the worst thing you can be as a sports agent is name recognizable. Like your whole job is to yeah. get your client money, not for you to be some sort some of some famous guy. Yeah, can we get Alan Walsh to crank the siren? Oh, man, that'd be great. Can you imagine <laughs> that if it was Alan Walsh? How Rob, many, Robin how many, Leonard has well, a 25-save shutout going into the third period. Alan Walsh comes out to crank the siren. Just how many angry. boos would there be? I think there'd be a lot. There, like Jared said, there might be several people who have no idea who that is. Yeah, I assume And there'd so. be a oh, lot yeah. of people like, who's that, that guy? There'd be a lot of people in T-Mobile who wouldn't know Alan Walsh. Yeah, who would not know yeah. who that is. Because not everyone knows that Alan Walsh tweeted that last year. And even right. people that know, hey, wouldn't Corey's agent tweeted this weird picture. Yeah. They still don't know no, what's Alan Walsh's Specifically name. who yeah. he is. That's unfortunate for Alan Walsh. Tweets out that great meme last year. And nobody knows who he is. Oh, man. He's got kids dressing up as that meme, <laughs> but then deleting it because their parents are afraid of the blowback. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that tweet was deleted. I'm still disappointed in that guy. Dresses his kid up. If you're going to do a great thing, goalie, why delete it? Yeah. Puts a sword, faking his back with DeBoer written in Sharpie. What a costume. Yeah. Oh, God. It's awesome. The one time I've ever wanted a kid was that reason right there. All right, coming up next, the A's are back in Vegas. But more importantly, the Dodgers may never win another game. First pitch on the way, breaking ball hung and hit a mile out to deep right field. Way back, going to go. Jake Cronenworth with a two-run homer, his ninth of the year, and it's 6-1 to one, Padres in the fifth. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Ed, um, would you say this is a coincidence or would you call this causation? On the first day that Major League Baseball umpires are checking pitchers as they walk off the mound for foreign substances, Julio Urias. Had a season low in innings pitched at four, a season high in runs allowed with six, and a season high in walks with four. No, I just think he's not very good right now. <laughs> he hasn't been good for like two or three starts, this kid. Uh, Machado <laughs> Machado makes the 4-0 last night. I kind of turned my attention away last night when Machado hit the home run. So it's a bad night. Machado's getting hot. I don't like that. He's like really good right now. Um, Urias hasn't been good. <laughs> he hasn't been good lately. He hasn't. Like three starts in a row, he's... he's uh, He's not been what he was at the beginning of the year, so uh, we'll see. Got two more games in the series. That's uh, what it is. Are you, see, confident it? The, are you confident the Dodgers will ever win a game again now that they can't use foreign substances mm, to cheat? I think they will. What? 
Does I don't think Bueller spends it very much. He's like yeah, he does. He's like nine. He's and one now. of the top in the league. Nice. Yes. He's nice. he's, he's, he's one of the best. Not in the a league. spinner, I think Tyler. I not think a spinner. You think he's still too young to really cheat badly? Um, no. I mean, uh, it was funny last night that I thought uh, Degrom was the first one they actually checked. Um, I think they they checked two or three of his, um, which you know he's so amazing. I'd almost be really bummed if they ever found anything on him. Right, because he's so good. Like yeah. I like I don't want. I really don't want them to find out he does anything. I don't because he's just so good. To, <laughs> he's so fun to watch, and he strikes out like fifteen people in a row. So I don't want them to come back and say, "Well, look what we found." Like I don't want that. The best part of them checking Degrom is so the the umpires. They ask for the glove. They check the glove. You have yeah. to take your hat off. They check the hat, and then they want to check the inside of your belt. Mm-hmm. And Degrom is the first pitcher that pitched it when they started enforcing right. this. So he walks off, and they point to his belt, and Degrom says, "Do I need to take it off?" <laughs> <laughs> like Jacob Degrom was about to like take his pants yeah. off walking like off I, the mound. I don't want him to find anything on him. Anyone else? Padre pitcher, Bauer, whatever. I mean, Padre pitcher. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Padre pitchers. Well, it can't be Snell because his ERA is like twenty six. He pitches tonight, so I don't think it's him. But uh, oh yeah, now, now the Dodgers will win tomorrow Snell's night. Pitching tonight, yeah. Dodgers will win tomorrow okay. night. Like the Musgrove guy with the no hitter. Hey, let's see the belt. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I uh, I we're gonna have Tim Neverton in at nine fifteen. It will be interesting. This is gonna be interesting. How many they check? How many a night they check? You know who they check. I mean, I, if I'm Bauer, like I walk out to the mound and hand them my belt. Like I don't even wear a belt out there. He pitches tomorrow <laughs> night. Kershaw tonight. Bauer tomorrow night. I don't even know if I'd wear a belt out there. I'd hand him my hat, my belt, and my glove, and then I'd walk out and stand on the mound for the before they checked him because you know he's getting checked like right away. He'll throw one pitch to like timeout. Let's see the belt. Did he pitch with no belt and just yes. not even pitch with it? Just yes. pitch with his bare hand. I don't think he should pitch with a belt or a glove. <laughs> like just toss it back to him really soft so he can catch it. Um, no, I, there's not many guys. There's not many guys, but you. I don't want them to find Degrom, but the rest of them, like whatever. If you find something, you find something. That sounds weird. I just love watching Degrom so much. I'd feel. Am I saying he doesn't use anything? No. Who knows? I don't know what he does, but he's just so cool to watch. That it'd be kind of a bummer if you're like all of a sudden it's like, oh, look what he did. Well, he hit 101 in the first inning coming yeah. back from an injury. I mean, so. it's just, I have a sore arm. I only threw 101. Like, eh. uh, he apparently think. by the way, DeGrom apparently thinks when he got hurt in his last start, it was from when he was batting. He thinks his yeah, swing, she, swing. Hurt, yeah. his, hurt yeah. his elbow or whatever. And the first at bat, he comes up and the announcers are like, well, there's two outs. They're like, we don't know if he's swinging. He might just be bunning. He might just they sit there. Yeah. They don't want it. Why? It's Jacob Degrom, and just give away a free out. The right. guy's such a great pitcher; yeah. it's fine. Ah, he's swinging with two strikes, putting one into the outfield. Yeah. It was a fly out, not a base hit, but a fly out. But yeah, he's up there hacking. I don't know if Urias. I mean, look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blink with any kind of surprise if Urias is doing something. He hasn't been good lately. Maybe Urias three or four games ago, someone said they're gonna start checking, and he stopped because that guy last night was not the first time in a while he's been bad. So maybe Urias went off to stuff like three starts ago. Your standard for Urias being bad is incredibly high. I know. I know. So these are his last three starts. Last yeah. night, six runs in four innings against the Padres. <sighs> but his start before that was five and two-thirds, two earned runs. Not good. <laughs> the start before that was six innings, three earned runs. No, not like, good. No. That's not maybe because, bad. Maybe because the beginning of the year he was really good. It's not bad. Wasn't he, wasn't he was like nine and one at one point or... Um, uh, let's see. The Dodgers have only lost four of his starts now. He is, uh, yeah, he was, he was seven and one, seven and one, and then nine and two. Now, now nine and three. Yeah. Well, he's a bum. Uh, so 
He gave up. He gave up six and four, and his ERA is still under four. He's a bum. Uh, we'll see with Kershaw tonight. The old, uh, the old master. Is he spinning it? Is he doing stuff? Yeah, Kershaw. I told you. Now Kershaw's smart enough. I think he might get bombed tonight, but I, Bauer, I think, is just you know he he's going to spit in the face of you know go ahead and try to catch me. Like he's going to be that guy. Urias, I don't know about, but Kershaw, I think, is probably smart enough to say, okay. I'm not going to do this, or they're going to check. Like Bauer, I think will just like stare them down. Well, I don't think Kershaw would listen, do that. We've talked about it. It's a 10 game suspension if with you get caught. Pay, yeah, right. With pay, and again, if you get caught, and yes, your team suffers because during your suspension they can't replace you on the active roster. So Missing you're down what? a pitcher for two or 10 three games. starts. Yeah. yeah, you're down a pitcher for 10 games, and they can't replace you on the roster. So it hurts your team. But, like, if I was a pitcher 10 games with pay and I was cheating, I would keep doing it until I got caught once, right? Now, once they tell me what the second punishment is, like you get caught a second time and it's like, oh, 75 games or right, whatever it right. would be, then, yeah, I'll stop then. But 10 games with pay, yeah, I'm still doing it until you catch me. <laughs> like, I am. Like, that's not a, that's not a deterrent. Like the Tyler the, Bishop. The, more, the, the only bad part about getting caught now is, is you're just associated with it at that point. The yeah, actual but punishment like a guy like Bauer. You're right. I mean, if you're Bauer, it's just or Garrett assume. Cole, so like, everybody yeah, knows. Garrett Cole and Bauer, they're just like assume that they the, do it anyway. The so amount it's like, of eh. pitchers that come out of co- and complained, we already know those yeah. guys are. Cheating, well, and but. I don't know Garrett Cole because I don't know him, but I read much of what Bauer says and follow him and everything. This just in, I don't think he gives a damn what people think about. No. So, so he's like, oh, go right. spin. Especially if I was Trevor Bauer. But if I was, you know, some pitcher who hasn't been associated with it, right. the only the only real deterrent to me is my name is now associated with it. Right. Oh, your I name now it. forever is your cheater. Right. It doesn't matter if you never cheat again. But I feel like I would still do it because if if I think it's giving me that big of an edge, right? If I think it's, oh, wow, I'm a, my ERA is 2.78. If I don't use this, my ERA is 4.1 or whatever. Right. I'm still using it until I get caught once. I'm not stopping until you at least catch me once, especially now that you told me, oh, 10 game suspension. Like, yeah, that's fine. What you do if you get caught cheating is you put on like 100, 150 pounds and then. You're just Bartolo Cologne, and everybody's just like, "Yeah, he's been caught three times using <laughs> testosterone. Yeah, he's got a secret family. We love him. He's, fat. he's a yes. fat guy. He's fat. He hit that home run against the Padres. Everybody loves that. So Degrom last night, I haven't figured out Bauer tomorrow night. When what will constitute them checking? Well, so like, it what, looks what like constitutes they're, them checking? They're checking every starter after their first inning. So when oh, a starter, every starter. Every starter mm-hmm. after their first inning walks off. They're supposed to check every starter twice a start. So that second one comes in the third, fourth, fifth inning or something like that. And then every reliever, when they leave the game, they're checking. So they're checking everybody. Runner. Yeah, yeah. Every, okay. every pitcher's getting checked. Well, God. then I hope they check Darvish because he struck out nine in a row right. last night. I'm like, what was that guy doing? Tips <laughs> his pitches. Yeah, <laughs> just tips his pitches in game seven. That's all he yeah. does. All right, coming up next. Ben Goats joins the show. He'll give a guess as to who's starting in net tonight. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Radio. The line with Stasny, Tuck, and Pacioretty, they they really seem to be clicking as a unit. Can you just speak about their play today? They were minus two. Not that they played bad, but they were minus two, so I wouldn't say they're clicking. 
back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. The Golden Knights are two games away from going to the Stanley Cup, and I think I'm more excited about when they play the New York Rangers next year because Gerard Gallant will be back in T-Mobile Arena. It was funny that they're... Willie uh, tweeted a quote from Gerard in his Rangers press conference. Says, "I look back and still don't know why I got fired." <laughs> well, my Neither do any of us. <laughs> All right, joining us now from the Review Journal is Ben Goats. Ben, how are you this hey, morning? Benjamin. Not too bad, gentlemen. How we doing? Eh. Good. All right, give us an answer. Who the hell's starting in net tonight? I'll let you know. Uh, one morning skate <laughs> happens in about you know. Two to three hours here. So other than that, I have uh, no clue who Pete DeBoer is going to roll with tonight. I certainly have inclinations, thoughts, feelings, all that lovely stuff uh, bubbling up inside. But uh, the main thing is that clearly this is where Pete DeBoer makes his money because you get paid to make uh, difficult decisions like this as a coach. And, you know, choosing a starting goaltender for a playoff game is only just about the most important decision any hockey coach can make. So there's, you know, only a little pressure riding on this one. We have seen him. He'll, he'll change up the lineup after they win playoff games. We've seen him in two postseasons now make these goalie decisions that some people that you don't really understand why until afterwards, when you ask him, have you like figured out like reasonings? Like, have you figured out enough of, Hey, these are decisions he's makes so you can read into, okay, this is where you think he'll go based on what he's done in the past. So this one caught me by surprise. The Leonard starting in Colorado one I thought was actually fairly logical and straightforward in terms of Marc-Andre Fleury had just played seven straight games against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, It was a quick turnaround for the Knights flying to Colorado right after that game seven and then playing game one two days later. You know, the team needed probably something to spark them. Leonard needed to play a game at some point just so he got reps in in case the Knights needed him somewhere down the road, which obviously uh, last game they did. So that one was logical. I was much more surprised by the decision to start Leonard in game four the other night, just because at that point, Marc-Andre Fleury had made, you know, eight straight starts. It had seemed like the team was basically going to ride with him. And for the most part, um, up until you could say arguably those last two games there, he played very, very well. And so it seemed that that was just the direction the team was going to go the entire time. So it was interesting that Pete DeBoer decided to veer off in the other direction. Now, obviously, in hindsight, it was a genius decision. Robin Leonard was the basically reason A, B, and C, they won that game last night. And you look back at Marc-Andre Fleury's last two games in that series, he gave up uh, six goals on 50 shots, so definitely not up to par for him. So... I kind of take it a little bit at face value when Pete DeBoer said after the game last night, look, like I thought Marc-Andre Fleury was fatigued, and I thought it was just as big of a risk going with him again than it was going to a guy in Robin Leonard who hadn't played a lot and wasn't necessarily fresh. And obviously, like I said, it worked out, and Leonard sure looked uh, fresh to my eyes uh, in the other night. And so I think it will be very interesting to see whether Pete DeBoer thought that that was a one-off just to buy for some extra rest again, or now because of the way Leonard performed, they're going to go back 
that way for at least a couple more games here. So you're Pete DeBoer, and you take your eyes off the horizon for a second. Who do you start? <laughs> so I lean, if it's me, I lean Robin Leonard just because I think you go back to the hot hand, the guy that was so incredible in game four, because I don't know uh, what more you can really ask from a goaltender than what he did against the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, I'm kind of a believer in don't you know overthink, don't overcoach, don't you know fix anything that's not broken. And uh, the Knights, at least goaltending, was certainly not broken in the last game. Their five-on-five game uh, has some kinks to work out, that's for sure tonight, and obviously their power play has a lot of work to do. But in terms of goaltending, I mean, they got an incredible performance last game. Uh, they won the goaltending battle with Carey Price. So I would personally lean that way if I were in Pete DeBoer's shoes. Now, obviously, there are many reasons why I'm not in Pete DeBoer's shoes and uh, instead just watching from high above in the press box. So I am curious to see, you know, whether Flurry has basically built up enough equity throughout this entire season and this playoff run that one good start uh, by Leonard isn't going to keep him from the net. That'll be really fascinating to keep track of tonight. So if Robin Leonard is uh, the first goalie off at morning skate, don't all Golden Knights fans on Twitter have to start trash-talking him the moment he steps off the ice? It's working. I mean, hey, whatever you got to do, to fuel yourself, you know, I get if that's what puts you in the right mindset for game time, go for it. I just respect that he's open and honest that he looks because obviously you ask any <laughs> professional athlete uh, if they pay attention to as they love to term it the quote unquote outside noise. And they're like, ah, we ignore it. That doesn't affect our locker room. That doesn't penetrate this protective bubble that we form around the 23 men in this room. And I respect Robin Leonard for just being like, yeah, I saw it. You guys are idiots, and I <laughs> proved that you are idiots. I respect the honesty there. Uh, is there any chance they can win two more games with their top six being this bad in terms of scoring? I think it's going to be extremely difficult. Now, the third line, I think, especially has played extremely well. The last two games, even in the minutes that Alex Tuck hasn't been with them. So um, kudos to Quebec native Nicholas Waugh for keeping that line productive, especially scoring the overtime winner in his home province last game. Can you count on that happening the entirety of a series? I think that's asking a lot. The Knights have to figure out something with their top line with Max Pacioretty and Mark Stone at this point to get those guys productive. At five on five, Stone has no point after averaging uh, more than a point per game in the regular season. Pacioretty has two assists, no goals after another very impressive season for him scoring. So you need to find someone in your top six that will get those two guys the pucks in good situations. And then obviously the second line, much as they did in the Colorado series, needs to step up and take some of the scoring load off when those guys are being defended well by other top units and are trying to play at least good defensive minutes against other top teams. I mean, for the most part, I thought, especially in Game 3, Nick Suzuki's line did a good job kind of outplaying and outchancing the Knights' second line. I mean, if that's going to continue to happen, that's going to put the Knights in a really bad spot. So they need their top guys to get going. 
we'll see if that happens tonight. I think one of the key things that I already mentioned is like when the power play is going bad and those guys aren't getting points on the power play, they're not as confident in their touches with the puck because they're being hesitant on the power play. And I do think that that can start to creep into your five-on-five game where you're not feeling good about your game, you're not playing with a hot stick, and you're you know, maybe a little bit more tentative or a little bit more willing to you know, force an extra pass or something like that when things aren't going well for you. And so we'll see if the Knights get any sort of breakthrough tonight and whether that kind of allows them to take just kind of a deep breath and get playing from there. If Chandler Stevenson is on the horizon, how far away is the horizon? Who's to say, really? It's just a big, beautiful, philosophical question that we can all ask ourselves as we wake up each morning. I hope it's a big poster with a cat in Pete DeBoer's office. So, you know, Sometimes if you look at the horizon, you just might catch it. I, I think that could absolutely be printed. Uh, and if anyone wants to call me you know, with a design for that poster, I will hang it in my office. What? I mean, they, they they obviously scratched Ryan Reeves. I don't know if he thought that Ryan Reeves gave him much because he, he scratched him. Do you think he comes back? Is this another decision? Or do you think they've made the call that they need some kind of scoring from everywhere because their top line is not scoring? Is that the reason Ryan Reeves is scratched? I wouldn't be surprised that if that was the reason, that they're clearly like we need some sort of depth scoring because our top guys aren't getting it done right now. And so they think they need to at least create – you know, the opportunity for more offense from that fourth line uh, compared to what Reeves is giving them, which is more of a four-checking heavy um, kind of line. Now, obviously, do I think Patrick Brown is more likely to provide offense than Ryan Reeves? Absolutely. Do I think, you know, Patrick Brown is going to be a point-per-game guy in place of Ryan Reeves? Of course not. So how much offense they're actually going to get from that change remains to be seen. Um, certainly, we obviously saw Ryan Reeves become a healthy scratch last series against the Colorado Avalanche, so him being out of the lineup again is a little bit less surprising now. But, you know, we'll see ultimately if it works because they could really use contributions offensively from wherever they can get it right now because the puck is just having a real hard time going in the net for them. All right, Ben, enjoy morning skate and trying to figure out which goalie is starting when neither one of them show up on the ice. We follow you closer than anyone. You text it first, Ben. <laughs> you, 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 you tweet that first, and who's the first off the ice? I'm just looking forward to them, you know, glove and glove, skating off the ice <laughs> together just to mess with all of us. It's going to be beautiful. <laughs> He's Ben Goats from the Review Journal. Ben, we appreciate your time Thanks, ben. this morning. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That would be, as <clears throat> others have tweeted, uh, if they just went off together. All I want is Logan Thompson to step on the ice, forget something, turn around, <laughs> exit the ice. Technically, Logan Thompson was the first off the ice, guys. I, I know why they do it, because obviously the backup will stay on with the with the scratch guys to give them some looks. But I always wondered, like Pete DeBoer's like, I would never tell you who's going to start. And like, Pete, we'll know when the practice starts. Like, <laughs> And, oh, who – I don't know. I was on the Montreal Zoom the other day. I forget the player. But they asked him about Leonard. He's like, oh, we knew yesterday. Meaning they knew Saturday <laughs> who was starting. So it's it's like everyone knows. And I don't know how they knew because I think it was an optional for the Knights. I don't think either goalie were out there. But he's like, yeah, we knew yesterday he was starting. And if Logan Thompson's on your taxi squad – like, let him be the guy who deals with the taxi squad guys or, or the scratches and just let them both leave the ice yeah. at once. Because if one leaves the ice first, you know who's starting. So Pete DeBoer, I, I mean, Pete DeBoer in his Zoom right after practice. I'm not telling. He's like, Pete. 
It's already been tweeted by 7,000 people. I cannot <laughs> wait until a media member goes, do you think it puts you at a tactical disadvantage <laughs> to have your starting goalie always leave the ice yeah, first? <laughs> it's just so silly. Because then suddenly, suddenly guys are going to start leaving and then coming, coming back, back and yeah. then leaving again. Ugh. It'll be fun. Make sure you guys stay tuned. Later in the show, we're going to have tickets to Jason Aldean and Brad Paisley to give away. So that's coming up uh, later in the show. But coming up next, we got game two of the Western Conference Finals. Still no Kawhi Leonard. Still no Chris Paul. We all feel heartbroken that we're not still playing. But at the same time, we all have a lot of positivity around what's capable here. What what this group is 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 able to accomplish and, and all the path towards it is exciting it's not uh daunting you know i think everyone here is fired up to get back to work and try to build this thing back up and and even stronger rondo right wing leave it for cousins wide open straight away three is on the way and good to marcus cousins with 11 points off the bench in the second quarter and he forces a timeout from monty williams we're back to the press box morning show with ed graney and tyler bischoff i remember that to marcus cousins second quarter it was like four minutes of, oh, yeah, that guy was really good. Uh, I, I genuinely, I was looking up highlights from this game, and they're all to Marcus Cousins. He's from the past. He scored like 12 yeah. points in like three minutes. Yeah. And then the, I don't think he played the rest of the game. Was, the, was it? the first cut was Steve Nash? Yes. Talking about his lacrosse team, I mean, not his NBA team. Yeah, Steve yeah. Nash, it's... I. <laughs> They can bounce back. Just get everyone healthy. It'll be the best team. Yeah, I mean, just if, you, if everyone's healthy, it's not like you're bouncing back. It's just like you'll just have the team that could have won it this yeah. year. It, they're going to be the favorites to win the title yeah. next year. If everyone's healthy. Right. It's going to yeah. be them and the Lakers. Yeah. So, yeah, bouncing back shouldn't be too hard for oh, them. Oh, God. It would be, be hurt. too good to have LeBron just dismantle that team. Could. Sorry. Well, sorry. Speaking, sorry. Of, being, speaking of being healthy, his second guy has to be healthy too. Dismantle in the finals or dismantle yes, in the no, offseason? No, no, no. Oh, the final. James Harden to no, the no, 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 okay. no. I mean, in the you coming? <laughs> like, I, I want them, I, I want another, like, they win 73 games, they get to the finals, and then LeBron just goes, like, you guys understand I'm better than. All three of you. And then he dismantles them in the offseason by bringing James Harden wherever the hell he's going next. I really don't want James Harden anywhere near my LeBron. <laughs> Why? It'll be great. They'd be great together. Are you kidding me? No. Yes. If I could put together the best pick and roll duo in the NBA, it would be those two. LeBron oh, yeah. setting the screens. Oh, yeah. James Harden is Spot either it. shooting yeah. a three or passing yeah. it to LeBron, who is now running downhill at the yeah. rim. Boy, some broken down bodies on that team. And if you throw <laughs> if, if you if you throw AD in there, it'd be like, oh my god! Like uh, how how uh, how broken down are these guys if they're all hurt? I do have an important question about the Clippers. They are down in this series, 0-1. They have been down in both of the series so far in the playoffs, 0-2, to come back and win. Do you believe they can go down 0-2 again and come back and beat the Suns? Not if Kawhi doesn't play. He's out for game two. Chris Paul's out for game two. Tonight's interesting to me. I think I told you yesterday I rethought this. Like, they played really well in game one, except for, like, the last few minutes. I mean, they were a lot closer than I thought they were going to be. They had one day rest, and the the Suns had been off. But then I started thinking yesterday, it might go the other way. Like, the Suns might win by, like, 20 tonight because you got really close in game one, which you probably shouldn't have because of the rest factor. And the Suns now have kind of seen you, and they kind of escaped a little. 
Like, I won't be shocked tonight if the Suns win pretty easily. I started thinking about that because a, a lot of people said, well, they played really well in game one. Maybe they can win game two. It might go the other way now. Kawhi's out. Chris Paul's out. Um, but, like, I, I started rethinking what I said there. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they really needed to steal that game one. And then tonight it wouldn't have mattered anyway. The Clippers the Clippers could get blown out if they miss a lot of threes. Well, if they miss a lot of shots, yeah. Now, again, they led the league in three-point percentage this year. They were top five in three-point attempts this year. They're, they're a very good three-point shooting team and shoot a lot of them. But if you, I mean, if you have a game where you know you shoot twenty-two percent from three as a team, they're going to get blown out. So that's probably the 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 easiest way that the that the Clippers actually get blown out in the game is if these guys do not hit shots. And obviously, Kawhi Leonard's not there. That hurts as well. Marcus Morris might sit. Yes, he might as That's, well. He's again. Uh, you're taking. You keep taking bodies away. It's not good. What? Just uh, Terrence Mann, Reggie Jackson. They can get it done. Apparently, they they got it done last round. Yeah, I. I, I think it's – look, I just think if Kawhi doesn't play in the series, they can't win. So, they, they you know, they were able to do play it in game – P. They were able to do it – wasn't it game seven against Dallas he didn't play? Kawhi? Yeah. Yeah. But they went crazy. Uh, was it Reggie Jackson? I, I forget. Yeah, Reggie Re- well, so, both they Reggie went Jackson and Terrence Mann yeah, have went crazy. Had, like, massive That's games just not going to gonna happen for them to win four games. No, no, no come on. <laughs> Playoff P, Reggie Jackson. <laughs> and Paul, Terrence Mann. So, Paul George has actually been good this playoffs, mm-hmm. but game one – he was really good until the last three yeah. minutes. And the last three minutes, he missed all three of the shots he took. Uh, he took. He missed a three. He missed a mid-range jumper, and he got a layup blocked at the rim. Like, I don't like. At least he didn't hit the side of the backboard. Right. It was better than that. But like, he was good for the for almost the entire game. But like, Paul George can be great for forty-five minutes of every single game he plays. If he doesn't have like a big moment to win a game, it's it's the same narrative for Paul George the entire time. If he doesn't play well in the final two minutes, it doesn't matter if he scored 70 in the first 45, it's going to be the same playoff P narrative because he's had so many moments where he's been god-awful in the final minutes of games. Clippers are five tonight. Excuse me, it was Suns are five? Might lay the five. Really? Yeah, I just, something, to, I don't know. I, I rethought, I thought, maybe I was wrong and they had to steal game one. The Suns kind of escaped game one, for the lack of better terms, and now they're probably into the series and... Kawhi's not out there. I don't know. I, I think it's a tough, tough game for the Clippers tonight. But then I think they'll go back and win at least one at home. So Clippers hit 24 threes. Well, if they four. hit 24 threes tonight, they might win. <laughs>